everybody, welcome to the Musea Podcast. This is episode number 19, and I'm Michael Howard, the CEO of Musea. Before we uh, get going on the podcast, uh, I've got a couple of announcements. Um, one is we are sponsoring a couple workshops coming up that uh, I've blogged about, but I just wanted to uh, remind you guys of. Uh, the first is called The Wild Rest. Uh, it is held by Melanie and Bradford Watson of the uh, Dolce Vita Studio and Becca and Nate Robinson of Studio 222 Photography. Uh, they are holding a workshop uh, August 13th. Uh, through the 15th uh, in the Smoky Mountains. And uh, the reason we're partnering with them on this workshop is just because uh, their vision and desire just to help photographers kind of unplug, get away from all the noise in their life, and uh, to kind of get in a collective group uh, in a kind of a secluded region and to uh, inspire each other uh, to uh, really focus on um, what the reason that you're in photography in the first place. Uh, and to move uh, and to build your business from that center. Uh, Oftentimes, uh, through all the noise and the clutter uh, and just the busyness that we have in our lives, uh, we tend to kind of lose kind of a reason for even starting this in the first place. And we tend to um, start building a business that's a little cookie cutter, and it kind of follows the drumbeat of everybody else out there. And so doing a retreat like this, getting in... uh, getting in with other people that are kind of uh, not necessarily like-minded, but that are willing to um, kind of get away from everything for a little bit will help you kind of refine, um, kind of find that center again. And so you can kind of build a business that's unique and truly yours. Uh, I really firmly believe that as humans, we're not meant to work constantly and that we need breaks and we need rests uh, to kind of refresh our minds and um, just to kind of get away from everything. And so this workshop uh, is built exactly for that. Uh, so if you want to learn more about that, go to thewildrest.com. Uh, the next workshop that we are partnering with uh, is held by Dave Jackson up in Wisconsin. And he's got several dates coming up. Uh, each They're all in like July, August, uh, September, and October. And he's doing... Um, the second version of a, a workshop that he had the last couple of years, which his old workshop was Breaking the Rules, and this one uh, is called F What, and it is an advanced lighting workshop. Uh, it's a one-day workshop. Uh, if you're looking to improve your lighting, um, work on uh, composites, and uh, really get some of that technical nitty-gritty stuff down, then this is a great, great, great workshop for that. Um, if you just go to davidejackson.com slash workshops, you can find out more. Uh, and you can see uh, how many seats are left for just the varying um, varying dates that he has up there. So he's been doing them for a while. Great guy, down to earth. Uh, known him for s- several years, and uh, he's amazing. So he's definitely worth uh, worth the investment, and uh, will teach you a lot of technical stuff, especially if you're you know anything more than one light. He's got it nailed, and he'll he'll do it. Um, last quick announcement is next Thursday. Mark your calendars right now, June 21st. Start typing. Get on your calendar. Write it down somewhere. Mark it down. We are making a huge announcement uh, next Thursday, and uh, I want to make sure that nobody misses it. So go ahead and just jot it down. Sharpie, whatever. Get it on your calendar. Awesome. Great. Um, Can't see what it is, but you'll want to check out the blog about 11 o'clock Central Time next Thursday. Uh, awesome. So that's it for the announcements. On to our interview. Uh, who I talked to uh, for this interview is uh, Jenny Jimenez. She is a photographer in Seattle, a wedding photographer. And um, the reason I wanted to talk to her is just because uh, she has a brand built uh, on a lot of humor, uh, but also she has a really strong eye for like environmental uh, portraiture and uh, photojournalism. So I think you'll really love uh, hearing her. Uh, She's got a really great personality, uh, but she's very insightful also into her process and why she's a photographer uh, in the first place. So uh, thank you, as as always, thank you for listening, and uh, I really hope you enjoy uh, Jenny and I's conversation. Thanks so much.
Jenny, how are you doing? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing really good. How's uh, travels? <laughs> uh, not so bad. Well, I'm slightly delayed, but I kind of budget. I, I kind of expected that. So yeah, yeah. It was. I was down in San Francisco, and it was so nice. Very cool. Super sunny. Great people. Great work. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh yeah, you just came to Seattle, right? I did. Yeah, I saw uh, Kirk. Uh, Mastin, actually, we had brunch uh, in uh, Capitol Hill. Oh, nice! Last oh. week. Where did you go? Uh, old fellows. Odd fellows. Odd fellows. Yep. Yeah, that's it. Yes, I keep. <laughs> I had a, yeah, odd fellows. That sounds better. Um, yeah, which was really good food. And uh, a lot of fun just to see him in person finally. So. Yeah, yeah, he's great. I love the work that he's he's doing, and he's just so committed and mm-hmm. just thoughtful and just really producing great stuff. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, I mean, yeah, today I was uh, looking at your site and noticed that I guess you started in music photojournalism. Is that right? Um, so I guess, yeah, tell me about that part and how you really got started in photography. Sure. Um, I graduated college with a degree in psychology and that was out in New York. I went to SUNY New Paltz and, um, I went to get my grown up person job and figured out New York city was a little too expensive and looked for alternative options and really fell in love with the Seattle music community and decided to um, move out here. And I was going to a ton of shows and was really inspired by the music I was seeing and the people that I was meeting, but I really you know, wasn't making any solid connections and friendships, so I kind of felt lonely. Uh, and I needed, you know, so inspired by the music, I kind of needed an artistic expression of my own. And I'd taken photography classes way back in high school. And um, so I brought out my camera and started bringing it to shows. And back then, you know, everyone was shooting film um, and you didn't have a million photographers climbing over each other to get a shot. Uh, although it was kind of difficult because you had drunk elbowing you and <laughs> stopping the feet, which is not so different than a reception dance one. <laughs> um, so funny. yeah, so I started, I started bringing my camera to shows and, you know, people need photos, bands need photos. So, um, started getting hired. I met a guy who I was in a relationship with for three and a half years that had a background in photojournalism and he taught me a lot. Um, I took workshops over in a darkroom space from a lady who used to be a photojournalism teacher and I learned a lot from her. And um, in 2001, well actually let me, let me, let me get to that in one second. I was going to start on the wedding stuff, but yeah, music, that's what you asked. Yeah. Uh, So I started shooting for the the local music venues and then for the local alternative weekly papers, uh, contributing, you know, live shows and band photos, um, that led to more work for the alternative weekly papers in town. Um, and somewhere along the way I shot a wedding. Actually it was 2001. My friend's photographer was grounded in Chicago because of nine 11. I think it was like, uh, September 15th. This wedding was, mm. And so me and my boyfriend at the time offered to do it. And we drove to Israel, Washington, shot the wedding. And I loved it. I just, you know, I'm a bit of an emotion junkie. And um, it just <laughs> seemed, it seemed incredible. The pace was, was um, right up my alley. Um, people, can I cuss, by the way? Am I allowed to cuss? Because I have a tendency. Uh, sure. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, people gave a shit about your photos, you know, (laughs) nobody ever cried about, you know, a print of Slater Kinney that I made, you know, I cried, but nobody else cried. Um, so I don't know, it was just really powerful, that experience. And 
I slowly took more weddings on, but it wasn't until probably about 2006 that I refocused my business and uh, put a ton of, you know, sappy love images on my website and uh, word, you know, got around and I started shooting a lot more weddings. Yeah. And that's it. Cool. Uh, so but up until 2006, so were you kind of doing half music, half um, weddings? Or what was, what was that kind of 01 oh, to no. 06 period? Well, so I had another job. Okay. Actually, for a long time in the beginning of my business, I had a second job um, just to pay debt and also um, – to give myself time to get my business and my clientele up and running. I mean, editorial work, you know, the local alternative weekly papers don't really pay that much, certainly not enough to make a living on. Um, and, you know, bands back then, you know, maybe I got $300 of portrait shoot and there's no print sales and licensing images from some, well, actually, I shot Death Cat for Cutie a long, long, long time ago. And <laughs> you'd think... <laughs> You'd think you'd be able to make make uh, some more money off of uh, licensing, but yeah, it just really wasn't the case. So, um, so yeah, yeah, just uh, <laughs> sorry. That's alright. Um, kind of thought. Yeah, I, I I played music at one point. Oh yeah, I saw that too. Yeah, I, I started playing music probably around two thousand three. Um, and I toured a bit and I didn't shoot as much during that time, at least not, not very many weddings. And then I left my, my last band in probably around 2007 and I just couldn't commit to weddings and touring because when you're, when you're in a band, you have to be available to pick up and go on tour at any moment, you know, just in case somebody asks about on the road, you have to be, you know, have a lifestyle that, that allows for that. And, um, yeah. weddings were just too much of a good, a good thing going to, to give that up. So I ended up giving up music. Yeah. Wow. Give up music for wedding photography. <laughs> it's usually the other way around. Um, I still have karaoke. <laughs> I, I heard on Twitter that you're pretty mean at the karaoke, uh, <laughs> you know, stuff. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I just, so, uh, yeah. So I was actually going to ask you about that later, but um, sure. We'll we can skip that one. <laughs> it's, not re- it's not really relevant. Let's uh, talk to karaoke the whole time. Yeah, yeah. Um, today I really I kind of went through. Well, I did go through most of your website. Well, actually, all your website <clears throat> and a lot of your blog, uh, just to kind of really dig in. To your work, which is what I normally do with pretty much everybody that I, you know, have on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And one thing uh, that I really, one thing that really stuck out to me about your work is kind of your use of environment uh, with a lot of your pictures, whether it's the weddings or portraits or anything like that. Uh huh. A lot of photographers I see today, they shoot really tight. You know, and they're shooting, like, wide open, like, one four, you know, really shallow depth of field. Uh-huh. And they really lose the environment. Yeah. But it seems like you really step back a lot, or you'll include little hints of the environment, like, at the top or the edge of the frame or different things like that. They give it, like, a sense of place. Yeah. Um, so tell me a little bit, I guess, just about why you do that, because it's something that's consistent in your work throughout. And so I feel like it's something you're doing either consciously or subconsciously. You know. Yeah. Well, composition and framing is, is really important to me. Um, I was, I sucked at math growing up, but I was really good at geometry. Um, I was always kind of aware of, you know, relationship of form. And, you know, when I started shooting, uh, that was one of the first things that I was drawn to, you know, a, a subject's relationship with its, its environment. Um, and, you know, I wanted to take an interesting image that wasn't just about the person. Um, so maybe that's, that's what you're seeing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Composition. I'm a stickler, stickler for composition. Um, did kind of an example of, uh, an example on your site that I saw that was kind of a, probably the best example of what I'm talking about was it's under your portrait section. Okay. And like the very first picture is of, um, it's a maternity picture, and so you have this girl in between two windows in the corner of a room. Sure. And then 
that which is like a great shot and uh-huh. then the very next picture in your portfolio is the, the same girl but you backed up into the other corner of the room yeah and you included like her bed and there's like a dog on the bed oh, and yeah. the pose like the pose of her is almost identical in both it's just you changed where you were standing and it completely changes the picture and most people would take that first picture and then move on huh well i mean you got to work a room you got to work a scene. <laughs> you got to tell a story right yeah. you know and um there are so many different images that can be made of one moment depending on where you choose to stand and when you choose to hit the shutter mm-hmm. but uh yeah no i do i do love telling story i mean i, I tell my clients i shoot you know, with a documentary perspective, I, I want to tell the story of you and your loved ones and where you are. And when someone looks at the image, I want them to have a sense of time and place and, and feeling. Um, so, yeah, that's that's probably why. So, like, when you're walking into a shoot, whether it's a wedding or portrait thing, I mean, are you, in your mind, are you kind of splitting your attention between... Um, the environment they're in and the subject? Like, how do you kind of balance that? Because it seems like you have to be aware of a lot more stuff. Sure. In the frame. Yeah, I mean, definitely when you walk into a room, you have to take note of what your options are, you know, what your lighting options are, what your your framing options are, you know, you look for, Hey, what can I work with? And what do I want to, you know, what do I want to try to get? You know, what, what are like two images that I know I could get out of this, out of this situation. But I think more important than anything for me is the connection with the subject, because if that's not there, um, you know, you could have a great landscape to shoot them in, but if they look, you know, if they're not engaged or they're not giving you something, I mean, the photo's not worth shit, you know? Um, so when I come into a room or start shooting a wedding or I'm meeting people the first time, you know, I want to, this kind of sounds, sounds funny, but I want to make them like me. You know, I want, I want them to feel comfortable around me. I want to give them a space where they feel they could do anything and say anything and it'll be okay. Um, because as soon as they trust you, you know, all the other things can fall in place. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I could have a really boring backdrop, but a really engaging subject. And that's really all you need to make a good photo. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I'm like getting really detailed. I don't even know if you even think this deep when you're doing it or if you're just like on autopilot, but, <laughs> um, which I totally understand because I mean, I've been shooting weddings for like 10 years. And so I, ne- I kind of understand, like you just kind of do your thing. You don't necessarily always aren't always conscious of what you're doing, you know, you just said do it. Um, so yeah, when, you, when you, when you walk into a room like that, are you, cause when you talk about kind of getting the trust of whoever is in the room, basically your subject, do you shoot, do you start kind of tight and then back up? Uh, no, actually or do you, back, you start, you start far away and then you get closer. Most likely the opposite. Yeah. Because you're, you're still testing the ground out and you're getting, them used to having you around um and you know if i'm shooting a family you know i'll i'll photograph the house outside as i'm walking up you know just kind of start with a sense of place and then you know see if anything happens at the door and then you know you come and you start a conversation and they're probably still running around you know maybe getting dressed or brushing their teeth or finishing makeup and you kind of you know you shoot the, the sense of what's going on and then you slowly get closer and closer just as you know emotionally you gradually get closer and closer to them and they're you know willing to give you more the longer that you're there so yeah probably start back and then move in yeah um you were touched on your composition thing for you which I can totally see that in your work that you're like a Nazi about that stuff <laughs> or whatever you're just like really stickler about it uh, in specific. So uh-huh. did you, did you ever take a class or anything in like design principles or is this just something that is just completely natural and like just self taught? Um, well, 
me and my first teacher, Sandra, the one I, I rented darkroom space from, she talked a lot about composition. Uh, and, you know, we'd sit and look at photos and, you know, ask ourselves, what's, what, what's the first thing that we see and why? You know, is it the focus that's drawing us to the attention? Is it the, the action that's drawing our attention to that, that part of the frame? Or is it the light? And um, so I've always been aware of what is helping the image and what's taking away. So when I'm looking through the frame, I'm always editing in that way. Uh, yeah. And I, I look for patterns, too. You know, things that, that kind of balance each other out, but aren't, aren't so obvious, if that makes sense. Yeah. Do you, um, amongst kind of all those things you just listed in terms of like drawing attention to this, your subject or what you're trying to, the story you're trying to tell in an image, mm -hmm. do you like line, color, focus, uh, depth of field, whatever? Sure. Is there ones that you kind of start with typically or look for most often versus others? No, I don't think it's it's that heady. I think yeah. it's very intuitive at this point. You know, after 13 yeah. years of shooting, you just kind of feel it. Right. Yeah. Um, um, I, have a, I have a friend, my, uh, Wee Nguyen. Um, he, <laughs> I just heard, heard him say this recently about him shooting. You know, he's in a room. Uh, he's a male, and he's shooting a woman getting ready. And, you know, there's that kind of awkward moment, I think, for some male photographers where, you know, the, the bride is getting naked or is naked and about to put their dress on. And he says, uh, okay, let me know when I need to start shooting with my eyes closed. <laughs> <laughs> and I have this you know, image of him in my mind. But, you know, sometimes things are going so fast that... Yeah. You know, you, you are kind of shooting with your eyes closed, even though they're open. You know, you're just kind of shooting intuitively. Yeah. But yeah, no, no, I mean, there's it's a fair mix and a balance of, you know, intention and and um, intuition. Yeah. No, I mean, I think that's a kind of a good point, um, you know, that I think, uh, especially for photographers that are kind of up and coming. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I touched on it earlier. Just, I think a lot of photographers are really using depth of field too off, too much, to oh yeah, tell you what to look to get, at. Yeah, it's an yeah. easy way to get a pretty image, uh, and you, know, you you're it's easy, quick way to isolate your subject from the background because often we have no control over where we're shooting, and we may have you know some garbage dump in the back. But yeah, just throw that baby on one point four or something, and you know the garbage dump becomes this you know beautiful brown polka, you know. Mm. Um, <laughs> but for for me, I, I move really fast and I'm also, I'm interacting with my subject a lot and I'm laughing or I may be, you know, halfway into the splits when I'm shooting. So um, <laughs> maybe part of the fact that I am not shooting wide open all the time is so I know I'll have something in focus. <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, no, I, and I am acutely aware of the other photographers around here, we have uh, a well of incredibly talented shooters in the Pacific Northwest. And often you'll see uh, processing looks similar. Um, their approach to shooting is similar or, you know, the apertures they use are, are always pretty wide open. And there was a time when I was, you know, refocusing my business and rebranding that, uh, you know, I knew that I had to do something to stand out. So, um, I have not, I don't produce super unsaturated images and I don't produce super soft, dreamy, romantic images, but you know, that's just mm -hmm. how I'm, my personality is bold and in your face. You know, why would my images look like they're passive? Yeah. Yeah, I mean your brand kind of going through going through your photos and just looking at your brand and even your video that you have on your site. Um I think it really, you know, it really communicates kind of a sense of uh a sense of humor, a sense of fun. Um 
and kind of quirkiness mm-hmm. and stuff that you kind of capture. So where does that come from in you? I mean, I know it's your personality, but is that, I mean, beyond that, where does it kind of come from? Is it like your you know, parents or just how you grew up or what? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm a product of my parents for sure and um, my experiences growing up. But I, so my father did musical theater mm-hmm. and my family was very gregarious or is very gregarious. So my mom, you know, enjoys talking to the supermarket checkout ladies and, you know, making jokes about not having any sense, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, and I grew up dancing and playing sports. So I was always comfortable in front of people. Um, uh, and, you know, comfortable on stage performing. Uh, so I think that gave me, you know, the confidence to go into a situation like a wedding and be myself and help people open up and show themselves to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a time when I was shooting for the Seattle Weekly, which I still do occasionally, but not so much anymore. Um, but I was doing a, a photo essay series called Seattle People. And I'd, I'd go to a neighborhood or an event and leave with, you know, a collection of images that told a story about that, 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 uh, that place. And that's where I, I found that I, I really came into my shooting style and my voice and it involved finding people that, you know, I have no connection with previously and getting them to let me in and show me a part of themselves. And more often than not, it was, you know, a, a celebratory reaction that they were giving me, you know. Um, and, you know, maybe quirky or fun or just, just uh, engaging. Um, and I really, I got, I got a lot of that. So I, I started to, to look for more of that in my wedding coverage and consciously choose images when I'm calling that spoke to that and to show images that spoke to that. Yeah. Um, probably the most interesting portfolio for me on your site was your life portfolio. So... Is that personal work? That's from that time. Shooting from a lot of it's from from that time. Shooting for the for the weekly. Okay. So the neighborhood photo essays. Are you still doing that, or is that kind of done? Uh, I haven't done it in over a over a year at least. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, because I look at those and I'm like, whoa, this is like way. This is a completely different body of work than the other stuff, you know. Uh, and I think it shows a bit a different side of you as a photographer. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I get those images at weddings. Yeah. I, I feel like the style is still there. Just mm-hmm. maybe the content is different. You know, I'm not shooting, um, I'm not shooting, uh, what is that called? Nude fest. <laughs> I think yeah. the, first, the first image on the life section is, yeah. I, it was shot at a nudist colony, you know, um, I haven't shot any nudist weddings, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was going out shooting kind of absurd things. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Cause that, uh, that first photo is, is like bare essentials is on the sign and it's like yeah. the backside of this like older guy yeah. uh, in this doorway. <clears throat> and it's, uh, it's hilarious, but it's also, uh, but I don't know. There, there's a level of like, I don't know. It just seems like what is going on. Um, <laughs> it, like I, sh- I, I want to look at this image, but I don't because it's like a guy's <laughs> butt. Uh, but you shot it in a way that it's like compelling, like it's visually pleasing because of the composition, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> so it's like this weird like push pull reaction, you know. Uh, uh, story with that dude. So I shot. It's called Nude Stock for the Seattle Weekly. It's a nudist festival that happens every year on a place called Tiger Mountain in Issaquah. And uh, it's a family nudist colony. It's been going on since like late 30s, early 40s. 
Um, and they have this festival every year where they have bands playing and a bunch of people come from all over. And um, so I had to go and shoot and, uh, you know, in line with the talk I was mentioned before about, you know, you have to be able to go there with your clients. <laughs> Quickly figured out, I got to get naked. Oh, no. <laughs> so um, anyway, yeah, it was fun. I, 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 as soon as I, you know, became one of them, um, I had a lot more access to shooting and people were more open to coming up and talking to me. Um, and surprisingly, there have been photographers that had covered the event in the past, but none of them took ever took their clothes off. <laughs> oh, my word. So I met this guy. He was, I think he was like vice president or president of some some part of the fraternity, so call me, which is the, no, not a president, sorry. He was a, a, an elder, I would say. Um, anyway, he was concerned. I was kind of following him around for a while and a couple other people, and he was like, you could shoot me, but you can't shoot my front because I'm a deacon at my church. And, you know, people would recognize me and they don't know about this life that I lead on the side. I was like, no problem. You know? And, uh, you know, he walks through the convenience store door and I was like, bam, there's my shot of you. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, I also had a really funny story. I was shooting. I took, a, uh, they asked for a portrait of, of, of the current president and the two previous presidents <laughs> of, of the place. And the current president was a woman and she was kind of larger. And then there were two dudes. And so I was taking a picture of the three of them and she's in the middle and the guys are like, Oh, you know, do you, they made some, some comment about their lower region. I was like, don't worry. I'm can only really show from the waist up, you know, if you're, for, if you're facing towards me for the paper. And then the woman said, well, in that case, these got to, get in the picture and she picked up her breasts and held them up with her two hands oh <laughs> like, wow. well, in that case, i gotta get these ladies in there <laughs> she, like pick them up from uh. <laughs> wow yeah. that's uh that's funny there's yeah. a there's a story when i was assisting of i was trying to remember what it was it was something where I forget who it was. It wasn't. I was not there, but it was just like this lore of photo assistants uh, and photo assistant history here in Nashville. But it was some photographer in town was shooting somebody for something, and they had to. The client had to either get like naked or like really close to naked, uh-huh. and they were like really uncomfortable, <clears throat> you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the photographer made like everybody on set like get to the same level as the client so that she, so I think it was a girl so that they would feel comfortable. Yeah. And yeah. it was just, and so they everybody just talked about how it was like the most awkward because you know, it was kind of like they're used to it, but like, you know, when everybody starts, it's like, you're not planning on that that day when you go to work. Right. <laughs> like I yeah. had to strip. Did I shave? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I showered. Did I shave? Yeah. Yeah. Are those so, on my ass cheek are going to look really weird. Yeah. <laughs> So I just always thought that was hilarious. And I was always like, please, Lord, let me not get on that shoot. (laughs) (laughs) You have to get naked. Yeah. Wow. That's great. But yeah, I think, uh, I mean, yeah, I definitely feel like you get, your style translates. uh, And some of it is is probably is like the content is different. Um, And I just didn't know, yeah, if that was just like a personal project that you were doing or if that was like, you know, assigned work or what. Um, no, I approach my weddings in the same way that I approach those. those yeah. yeah. Do you do any personal work at all? Um, you know, the last year and a half, my weddings and families have been my personal work, especially families. Like I go out of the way to shoot, to shoot families that I have a, you know, personal interest in mm-hmm. and I get a lot out of it. Um, so yeah, no, I'm, I'm really, really happy shooting that right now yeah yeah probably family's more than anything i would consider my personal more personal yeah i uh going through the family portfolio um isn't it's it's one of those genres that is it's like weddings um you you have a little more freedom i think with the kind of the family stuff because you can kind of schedule some stuff in a or you know pick locations a little Mm -hmm. more control on that but 
Um, I've seen a lot of photographers that do, that try to approach it from your angle uh, of the, let's shoot it at, <clears throat> at the house uh-huh. of the family. Mm-hmm. My throat's getting dry. Um, but your perspective on it is, 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 is unique. Like, I feel like it's the photos are like, I would look at them like, oh, this is Jenny's work of families and their spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I guess talk to me a little bit about like, you know, how that, how, when you shoot a family, what, what does that shoot kind of look like logistically? Are you there like all day or a couple hours or how's that all work? Uh, yeah. So I have a conversation with the family beforehand to let them know how I'd like to shoot and, uh, explaining why I'd like to start in their home. Um, it's where they have all of their creature comforts, you know, should they need them. And the images speak directly to where they are at this time in their lives. Um, some people get a little nervous about that, but if they have kids, the benefits are really far outweigh um, their concerns when I explain that for shooting for shooting kids it's really important that they trust you and if I'm a stranger walking up to the kids in a park with a camera they don't know about me they're not as willing to give me you know part of themselves so uh, I say hey we're gonna start in your house you know we may move to a second location um, especially if they're concerned about getting that like park shot, you know, mm-hmm. you know, allow them to have that. Uh, but for the most part, we're going to be in the house um, documenting your daily routines. So if, you know, we're going to start shooting at six and you have dinner at seven, I'm going to shoot you having dinner at seven. Don't push back. You're having dinner on my account because we can get some great images at that, at that time. Um, so yeah, I come in, and uh, say hi to the family, the parents, and immediately start working on the kids. And I ask the kids where their rooms are and if they could show me their rooms. Um, there's something about a bedroom that, you know, it's our most intimate place. Uh, and, you know, I understand that when you go somewhere if you if you're vulnerable with someone, if you share an experience that you know you, puts you in a place of vulnerability, you're um, likely to connect with them faster and feel like you've you know shared this common experience and you get to a place of trust a lot faster. So often I'll get in, I'll be like, "Hey, can I see your room?" And they show me the room, and then they're showing me their favorite toys, and before I know it, they're climbing on me, you know. <laughs> and you know, you're shooting, doing all of this, and they get used to the fact that they could just be themselves and continue with motion and play without having to act for me. I also set an expectation with the parents uh, to not direct the kids, you know, no, no asking the kids to say cheese. Um, also no, you know, no serious disciplining of kids, you know, in, in the interest of keeping things optimistic and positive. Um, this could be hard for parents, but I asked, you know, unless they're, in danger of hurting themselves or hurting someone else, you know, just, just let's have a hands-off approach. So, um, yeah, those all, those all work together to, you know, create an environment where people feel comfortable and, uh, more feel like they could easily move around the house and do their own thing. And then I'm just there capturing it. I'm, I'm pretty laid back and and hands-off for the most part, unless somebody needs a lot of direction. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you have a hard time like selling that kind of pitch? To I mean, obviously you're gonna have clients that come to you to see your previous work and love it, uh, and just want like I want what they had that kind of thing. Yeah. But you know, the family portrait. It's kind of I mean, weddings are so much kind of a tradition and like a expectation that comes with it of like you know you want the perfect posed family. Yeah. In the yeah. park, and you're giving them a little bit more of a slice of reality. Right. So, I mean, how? I'll say, you know, time can be made for time can be made for you know, look at the camera type image, but it's not going to be the focus of the shoot. And if you want that to be the focus of the shoot, then maybe I'm not the right photographer for you. You know, I'm not, and this is what I do with weddings. Like, I'm not into creating some fairy tale for someone. 
you know, I have no interest in fashion photography. I have um, no interest in, you know, doing a ton of direction and conceptual work, um, except maybe with some of the band portraits, uh, because it's a little, it's a little different. But, uh, yeah, if somebody, if somebody's really into that and really wants that or, you know, wants to shoot somewhere that I feel seems have, has no, uh, representation of who they are as a family, then, then I'd recommend other photographers. But for the most part, you know, we get on the phone, we talk, we get along. Um, I explain why, you know, why I shoot this way and why I think it's important and why I feel like it'll be more meaningful uh, down the line when you look at the images. Um, you know, we all had our time with the, the Olin Mills family portrait. Like I have, I certainly have mine of my family you know, in front of some cheesy fake backdrop, you know, with our chins all pointed at a, you know, 45 degree angle with the, you know, the perfect smile and the hands on, you know, dad's shoulder. Uh, and I think there's a place for that. And I think it's important to have that as well. But um, that tells me nothing about the dynamics of a family. It tells me it tells me nothing about you know how my dad makes me laugh or or the 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 way that my sister and my mom have you know this the same um, you know eye roll or you know cross their legs the same way or you know eat pancakes. Uh, in the same manner, you know, those are the little things that come out of these shoots that just kind of floor me that I'm, you know, they may not see that until I, I give them the image, you know? Yeah. Have you had, um, have you had some of your previous clients, you know, that have had a family shoot a couple years ago, come back and give you some feedback on, you know, like kind of confirmed or affirmed your approach with this? Oh, absolutely. And actually during the shoot, I get yeah. a lot of feedback too, like, this is incredible, you know, or like, this is, uh, you know, we're going to look at these in year and you know, years down the line. I'm really you know, going to be happy that you capture this moment. Or they'll say like stuff like, we do this all the time as a family, you know, mm-hmm. I didn't think about taking photos of it. Mm-hmm. Um, or this is, this went so much easier than I thought it would be. I was so afraid of having my photo taken, but Hey, this, you know, a lot of people come, will turn around and, and, and be like, are you sure you got anything? Cause <laughs> we just, you know, did what we do every day. Like how yeah. I can't get a photo of this. How you, how are you getting photos of this? So, um, yeah, people are, are surprised. Yeah. I mean, I would, um, that's, that's, that's definitely one of the things that <clears throat> probably in the past six months, I've really been thinking a lot about is just like how photography kind of increases in value over time. <laughs> and how, you know, with your approach with the family stuff, for example, you know, documenting like a kid's room and the toys that they play with and a bit of their mess in a way. Yeah. In 10 years, that's going to have a lot more value looking back at that because it's going to, you're going to have so many memories of like, oh, I remember that little, you know, transformer and he played with it all the time on the whatever versus like a studio shoot. You don't have any of that stuff. Yeah. In fact, it's so funny you mentioned that because just yesterday I was talking to um, my friend Mary, Mary McHenry. She's a family and wedding photographer out of San Francisco. He's really good. And, uh, you know, I was taking her family photos and, you know, we talked about how, you know, we're never quite happy with our bodies and, you know, you have some fear about looking at the images because, you know, oh, did I really wear that? Or, oh, did I really look like that? And we can explore the concept of, you know, what if we took pictures and families couldn't see them for like five or 10 years? Um, <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> when, when you got them, uh, you'd have a, a probably a different different take on, on what you thought of the images. You know, you'd be a lot less, less uh, self-scrutinizing. Mm-hmm. And maybe more willing to accept that, you know, that time in your life. You know, we're always yeah. older, we ain't getting any younger. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's like a big, you know, I just need to lose 10 more pounds and then I'll do the shoot. Um, <laughs> but uh, that, that, is a, that is a pretty interesting point because I think it would be, 
I would love to know, like, if you ever do this. <laughs> uh, even if, like, let's say you did a family shoot and you deliver, like, what you normally deliver, whatever that is. Uh-huh. But you actually held back, like, an image. Right. You just did not show them. And then, like, five years, you just, like, mailed it to them. You know, oh. make sure that they're at the same address, just as, like, a, a gift. A, ti- a little time capsule surprise. Yeah, kind of. And just to see what the reaction would be getting that. Yeah, I, I think like, it would be pretty phenomenal. Why the hell did you not give me this photo? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it would be the one of the initial thoughts. <laughs> but then it would be, like, amazing, I think, at the same time. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I think it would have a lot of value, you know. But um, that, that is kind of funny. That's interesting. Um, how do you – I don't know. I guess because – You've been around a while. I mean, I say, for me, anybody that's been around around uh, 10 years shooting of something, mm-hmm. for me, is a while now. Um, versus, you know, people that have been around, it seems like they're just getting into the business the last five years or less. Because um, the five years before that, I feel like we're completely different uh, in a way. So, I mean, how is your... How has your business changed in terms of um, deliverables? Like, are, do you struggle now with getting uh, physical products in people's hands, or because everybody just wants digital stuff? Uh, yeah. Um, or do I've you never, have, do you have I've a, just been big on pushing deliverables or pushing products? Yeah, uh, that's a a fault of mine um i do everything myself so and i had a second job for a really long time so when i structured my business in the beginning i had to really keep um things slim uh you know keep my overhead down considerably and uh make it easy for me to turn something around and and move on um yeah, I'm probably not the best person to ask about <laughs> how I make tons of money selling albums because I yeah. don't really. But yeah, I know there are there are ways that people do it, and actually, I, I'm looking into to restructuring a bit and bringing someone else on so I can uh, capitalize that a little bit more, especially with the families. Mm-hmm. I feel mm-hmm. like now the work that I'm doing with families, it's best presented in a storybook um, because even though the, you can grab a singular image and have it be very powerful, you know, to put on your wall. I feel like this collection of images are, are best looked at together. Yeah. So I'm going forward. I'm going to be trying to, uh, encourage that families get an album. Yeah. Versus just like the disc or whatever, I guess. But yeah. 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 Um, Snooping around your blog, I found that you were, I guess it's this year, you're talking at the Foundation Conference? Yeah, Foundation. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Um, the topic that you're talking about is something I think is um, pretty awesome, because uh, you said that you're kind of talking about uh, the idea that uh, like our behavior as photographers influences the results that you get. Absolutely. Um so without kind of giving away your spiel that you're going to do there, mm-hmm. uh, I still I would love to hear you talk about that a, a little bit because I have some kind of questions uh, about that. Uh, but that's a good – it's an interesting and very insightful thing that I don't think a lot of people think of. Sure. Well, the title of my talk is called Dancer Way to Better Dance Photos. And that came out of a discovery, you know, probably seven years ago that when I was shooting uh, guests on a dance floor at the reception, I got better photos when I was dancing and whooping it up with them as opposed to just being, you know, some creepy person in black with a long, you know, telephoto lens on the edge of the dance floor, you know, sniping images or just, you know, walking into the dance floor to take photos. You know, you, you really get what you give. In, in this business, um, you know, people look to you for cues on how to act and what to do. And if you are embodying the behavior that you want 
to take photos of, um, it, it's much more likely that you'll get it from your subject. So, so yeah, I'll tell my clients that if you have dancing, I'm going to be dancing my ass off right there with you <laughs> um, and having a great time because that's what we're there for, having a great time. Of course, I'm there to get great photos too and be responsible. Right. But <laughs> no drunk dancing for the photographer. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> um, I don't, I don't, I, and the thing, I don't need alcohol to, to drunk dance. That's awesome. Yeah, so that's kind of where that, that came from. And I just, with the talk, I'm going to explore um, different scenarios throughout wedding day and shooting families where, you know, you could you could use that to your advantage. Um, you know, how you can adjust your behavior to get a certain desired result. Yeah. Does, um, that, does that stem a little bit from like your, you said you studied psychology? Psychology, yeah. yeah. Does yeah. it stem from that a little bit? Absolutely. Yeah. So I was a psych major. And then when I moved to Seattle, I, I worked in customer service. Um, my first job was resolving uh, executive level customer service escalations for um, the executive office of this uh, international wireless phone carrier. Um, so if a c- customer wrote a letter to the FCC or the Better Business Bureau or the Eternal Attorney General, or if they called the executive office directly, you know, they called the headquarters of the company, they would get routed to me or six other of my colleagues. And we would have to, if it was a live call, we'd have to talk them down. Um, or if it was email, you know, you have to, uh, phrase your response in a way that, you know, we de-escalate the, the situation and then also, you know, you win them over, make them feel that you're on their side and you're doing this together and you know, do all the research for them, and really be a, um, a, an intermediary between them and the company. Um, so I learned a lot through that. It was uh, a really stressful job, but um, yeah, it, it opened my eyes to a lot of things, mostly about how how we interact with each other, um, and it's helped a lot with running a business and dealing with brides and families on you know, a very stressful day for them, um, just to keep things, keep things calm and carrying on. Yeah. I mean, one of the aspects I love about photography, I think is just the sociology aspect mm-hmm. and it's just like this, um, it's almost like in a way of like a scientific study of human behavior, <laughs> you know? Uh, and I love that. Um, I wish that at least in the wedding portrait industry, I think I wish that was, I would see more of that type of work because a lot of it is not based in reality. Um, not that, it, not that people has, not, not that it has to be like negative, but just that there's a bit of a, just a bit of a realness to it, you know, which I see like in your family stuff. So it's still very like loving and real and, um, positive. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's just not that, like you said, you're not involved in creating a fantasy for people. Um, and so it, it's it's nice to to kind of see that. Um, not that like creating a fantasy is bad. Uh, it's just realizing how you work and what you're trying to communicate, I guess. Um, right. Well, realizing why I shoot. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, I shoot to connect with people. Um, yeah. And I, yeah, I just love learning about who people are in a candid, disarming way. So yeah. You know, kind of a question like with that topic of your talk because in some ways um i think i i kind of struggle with this a little bit just in my own work uh and so i realize i think sometimes when my work isn't successful that uh, i look back and i think some of the root cause of that is because maybe i in the moment wasn't like as engaging or Right. As, as open as a person as what I needed to be on that yeah. day or that moment. Yeah. Uh, maybe where, you know, I felt like I, I wanted them to go or try to take them someplace, but I didn't maybe have the courage to, or even know how maybe to take them there emotionally. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I'm very interested in that whole concept of, um, you know, if you want the fun, goofy pictures, then you kind of need to be fun, goofy yourself. Uh-huh. Um, 
I guess is kind of what you're getting at. But if you're also wanting something that's a little more like reserved, then you kind of need to be a little bit quiet. Absolutely. You know, and you kind of mirror. Yeah. Do you find that people mirror what you do? Absolutely. Yeah. um, It's the whole, yeah. Especially with kids, um, you know, to start, if you want them to quiet down, because I, so I have a tendency of making monsters out of little kids, you know, because I come in (laughs) guns blazing, like we're going to have so much fun and uh, (laughs) bouncing off the walls and going crazy. And the parents like, oh, like, what the fuck do we do? Like, (laughs) they're never going to slow down and get that pretty photo of all of us looking at the camera, you know? Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, checking in with both yourself and with them and, you know, maybe talking a little slower and, you know, speaking in a whisper, it just not only slows you down, but it slows them down. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they're looking for you to you for direction on how to act. So, yeah. What would be your advice? Cause I would think, um, given like, if that's like, uh, you know, given that that's kind of how it works, if a somebody, if a, if a person or a photographer is naturally reserved, cause not everybody's going to be the really extroverted, like right. life of the party type person. Right. right. Um, you know, which then- I, I'm really not. And I would feel like there's, you would feel pressure of like, <clears throat> you'd feel pressure to be somebody that you're not. Sure. Uh, and how do you resolve that conflict of, it's not easy for you to act out, you know? So, yeah. well, I don't think, I don't, I mean, as wedding photographers, we shouldn't be acting out and I'm not, you know, crazy attention grabbing. Yeah. No, no. Um, and I know that the, the focus needs to be on, you know, my couples. Um, but you know, it's not hard to be kind and it's not hard to be honest. Um, and I think if you, you know, like I was saying before, you know, just be able to create a space where clients feel comfortable to be themselves and, and loosen up. Um, you know, if you, if you're kind and honest and have a good sense of humor, mm-hmm. I think that's, that's really important. You don't need to be, uh, really ex- expressive or, you know, be able to put your leg over your head. Huh. <laughs> Yeah, be awesome karaoke person or something. <laughs> you don't need to. You don't even need to know how to sing, Michael. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I just need to know how to how to laugh at yourself and and laugh at life. Yeah. And people people will laugh with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, switching gears a little bit to business, uh, real quick. Um, a couple of just really easy questions or basic questions is. Uh, how do you get clients now? I mean, has it changed much for you in the past like five, six years or is it the tried and true method still the same for you? Um, how do I get clients now? Well, uh, probably a lot more word of mouth now than before because I've been doing it so long and you know, you get a client that loves you, they become an advocate for you. Um, and your name just kind of gets around. And if you, there's a certain kind of client that asks, you know, for a photographer, uh, and you're unique enough or different enough, or, you know, create a certain, uh, vibe or feeling, um, they'll, you get referred, uh, if, if you're a good match, I don't know if what I said just made sense, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but in the beginning, I found a website that was really aligned with my goals and values, uh, as a business. And that was Offbeat Bride. Um, their readership was just as kooky, quirky, and, um, inappropriate as I wanted to be. <laughs> uh, so I did some advertising with them. And I think the first year I advertised with them, I got maybe about a quarter or a third of my business from them. Mm-hmm. And that really got me, got me started and got me the weddings that I needed and the kind of clients I wanted to work with to be able to show the work that I wanted to do to get more clients like that. Yeah. Um, but I, the only advertising I do these days is with Junebug. 
um, they have great, great people reading their website that are, um, that value photography. Uh, Junebug does an incredible job of showcasing a wide range of really talented photographers. Yeah, they do. Um, so, but aside from that, yeah, just, just word of mouth. Facebook's helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So things have changed. Social media has helped a lot. Yeah. Uh, it seems like a lot of some people have lost faith in the um, face-to-face word of mouth. And they put all their eggs in the, um, they don't, you know, they're, they're all their eggs are in the Facebook basket. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I still feel like, you know, you can't lose that. The most, you know, the most important referral is somebody telling a friend in person, you know, and you can't, there's yeah. no, you can't quantify that and your Google Analytics isn't going to find that conversation, you know? Yeah. Well, and, so. you know, at weddings, you know, there are a ton of people at weddings that could be future clients, you know, so mm-hmm. how you're behaving with at weddings and interacting with their guests is really important. I've booked a ton of weddings from you know, just having a great conversation with one of my client's guests. And, you know, the next time they hear someone that needs a photographer or maybe they have a baby or, you know, maybe they're pregnant right there at the wedding. Or they're like, hey, let's go over in this, these trees and let me take a quick shot of you. Like, this is a wonderful time in your life. Like, I'm here. I got a camera. The light's gorgeous. Let's do it. And then, you know, they have the baby a few months later and they're like, oh, we love that shot. You were so much fun to be around. Like, will you take newborn photos? You know, there are opportunities around. I think, actually, yeah, that's another thing. Go- when I started with music, you know, I took advantage of every opportunity I had to to shoot different bands, to be different places. You know, often in the beginning, I wasn't getting paid for it. It was just, you know, I did it for the access. Um, that's something you always you always have to be be hungry for um, for new opportunities and uh, take advantage of them. Yeah. Um, I had a guy on the Musea Facebook page. We have a group. Uh, he, uh, his name's Tom Wright. He's actually from, uh, the UK. Um, but he, he asked, uh, was there ever a time for you when work was slower that you considered compromising your vision to get more work? Uh, yeah, I think when I, when I didn't, wasn't really sure about what I wanted to focus on, um, and wasn't confident that I had a style. Uh, so I was still exploring. Um, uh, and I knew that maybe I wanted to do, to work with certain people, but those weren't always the people that, that were coming to me. And, and so, yeah, you just take it. Yeah. So did you just like not show a lot of that stuff? But you just took it anyway, that kind of thing? Like, you know, only show what you want to get hired for? Right. Uh, I'm trying to think that was a really long time ago. Um, <laughs> it's good that you don't have the problem now. That's awesome. Oh, no, no, no. I, <laughs> you know, every once in a while you get a bunk wedding where you're like, ah, uh, we, I thought we connected, but then you get there and they just, you know, they're, yeah, it's, it's just not the couple you thought they were, but, um, right. uh, for a time that I sacrificed my vision, I'm sure there was. <laughs> I can't. I can't think of a specific, specific one. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta make the money, honey. <laughs> <laughs> keep, keep the lights on. Um, all right, two more questions. Uh, what's your biggest business challenge right now? Biggest business challenge: finding a good employee that can handle. Um, all the stuff that I don't want to do mm-hmm. <laughs> that in my mind, I feel like only I can handle. Uh, but I know that's not, that's not true. So I think right now it's, I, I'm, I'd like to find a good trustworthy person that, um, has great oral and written communication skills and knows their way around a computer. Often you'll find one, but not the other, you know, someone that has you know great customer service skills, but no tech skills, uh, I'd like, I'd like someone that could do a bunch. 
All right, so if anybody in Seattle or wants yeah. to relocate to Seattle, this is your chance. Send her your resume. You must love dogs. I got two, and they like to jump on your leg. <laughs> Lots of kisses. Uh, yeah. Uh, what advice do you have for, like, up-and-coming photographers? Um, shoot what excites you and shoot what you have access to and, and shoot every, every day. Um, it's, you've probably heard that before. Surprise, surprise. There's yeah. a reason. <laughs> um, but yeah, just like, uh, actually I, I saw that you asked the Twitterverse, uh, if anyone had questions and fair REC yeah. asked yeah. about, um, my flexibility and my splits. Right. It's kind of the same thing. You know, the reason that I can do the splits and high kicks today <laughs> is because I stretched every fucking day when I was a child. <laughs> you know, from uh, 13, I, I danced every weekend and I played I played sports all the way through college. I was the uh, co-captain of my college volleyball team. You know, I was always stretching, always moving. And it's the same thing with photography. You always have to be shooting and exploring and trying trying different things until, you know, you hit that, that stride where you're doing something consistently and really good at doing it. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. <laughs> well, the, <laughs> thanks so much. That was, uh, that was good. I really appreciate you coming on and talking to me. Uh, I know you're busy, busy lady. So, um, I value your time and, uh, I'm grateful. You're welcome. I really appreciate you having me. It's flattering. I, I enjoy what you're doing with my museum. I'm excited to see what's in store in the next week. Your announcement. <laughs> yes. <laughs> thanks for not spoiling it. <laughs> awesome.